You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Geek Card Check Podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. And Chris has taken the week off. Yeah, he has. He has abandoned us twice in a row. I know it doesn't feel like that for those of you who subscribe to the podcast. By the way, please subscribe to the podcast uh, because he was on our last week's episode. But that was a long lost episode. And Chris has actually been on vacation. Like we recorded that in December. uh, It was December. 2018. Yes. Before season two of Discovery ever aired. We did. Yeah, before we were the Geek Card Check, we were the Next Trek podcast, and and we talked about Brazil. Uh, I encourage everybody to go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't yet, if you skipped it because you haven't watched the movie, go watch the movie. I think it's on Amazon Prime still, and uh, and then just listen to that recording because it. I think it was. It's one of our best discussions of a movie. I I really loved it. It's a shame that it took six months for it to come (laughs) out, but. We can't uh, we can't be beggars because Chris is an awesome editor and uh, well and I've it, been faithfully ragging Chris for six months about that's it. That's true. So you know, give me a. That's true. He feels bad enough, I'm sure, as <laughs> as it is. Well, uh, this is we're recording this on Sunday, July 28th, and uh, we're, this is a, a check-in episode. We're just going to talk about uh, the things that are making us geeky in the last you know, a week or so. And uh, so we've got a lot of different things. We've got a few different uh, topics we're going to bring up. Um, but before we get started with that, we just want to remind everybody, um, subscribe to, uh, to us. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is, that whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, if you just stumbled on us today, um, we do this kind of a check-in every every other week, and then we talk, we do a deep dive into movies or pop culture um, on the alter, uh, alternating weeks. Go subscribe to us. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating, especially on iTunes. It helps us to be discovered. Uh, and then you can follow us also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the Geek Card Check. So, uh, without further ado, Kate, what is making you extra geeky this week? Well, the very, 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 very exciting news that The Expanse has been renewed for a fifth season before season four even came out they've renewed it to a fifth season yes i can't wait and for those of you who didn't catch our previous episode where we talked about the expanse at san diego comic-con the release date for season four is december 13th yes put that on your calendar tell your friends and family that they are joining you or to go away if they don't want to watch it but they should really (laughs) join you but that day is the day when the rosy lands back in our hearts again I can't wait. And we will certainly be covering that. We haven't decided yet. I, I think we'll do what we did with the last few episodes and probably cover them all in one go unless they air them week to week, which we might have to consider, I don't know, changing up how we review them. But I, we are certainly going to be talking, uh, I think, in a somewhat restrained manner about uh, about The Expanse <laughs> when it comes out. Restrained, yes. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been seriously considering rereading the entire book series just just in ex, uh, in preparation for this. Tell me what I have to do to enable you. I will I, enable you. That might just do it right now. Like they're <laughs> they're within arm's reach from me right now on my bookshelf next to my desk, and it may be time for me to. Ladies to and gentlemen, Tyler is now going to exit the podcast <laughs> to read the series, and you'll be hearing me the rest of the time. That's right. That's right. It. I'll just you'll hear you'll hear book pages <laughs> frantically uh, frantically flipping, and then periodically you hear a <gasps> moment, and it'll be Tyler oh. in one of his favorite scenes, and then he'll get teary, oh. and I will stop to troll him. Okay, that's, moving that's along. Exactly true. <laughs> 
<laughs> what else do you have for us? So we're super excited about uh, Expanse Season 5. What else do you have for us, Kate? So there is a series airing on Stars currently called The Rook. And I have been waiting for this series for several years now because I read the book by Daniel O'Malley when it came out back, I think it was, what, 2012, thereabouts? Something like that, yeah. And it had been announced it was going to be this person, it was going to be that person, and then suddenly a friend prodded me and said, hey, are you watching The Rook? And I'm like, wait, it's out? I had no idea. It is. It has been airing since the end of June. I I didn't know until you told me either, yeah, Yeah. which... I hadn't read the book, but I remember when it came out, we both talked about it. You actually finished reading it. I didn't. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, it, yeah. Fraud, so Maybe I picked that one up. Yes. Um, so there are four episodes out. I want to say that the fifth one's supposed to land later today, but I'm not sure I have that right. Is it a 10-episode season or 13? Do we know? I should have looked. I don't remember. I was so I, excited. I, I like, dived in and watched it. the first four episodes in an afternoon. <laughs> so, yes, I should check on that. But um, I'll look while you're while you're describing it. Thank you. It is serialized storytelling. It is set in London. Um, For those of you who care about this like I do, it is female showrunners and three female lead characters. Uh, The showrunners are Lisa Zwirling and Karen Usher. You might know Lisa Zwirling from, um, she did Awake, which had Jason Isaacs in it. That was a a good, tragically short-lived series. Yes, she did some producing on ER. If you haven't heard of ER, then you might have just been born yesterday. (laughs) Um, And then Catherine Escher was known for Bones and Prison Breaks, so quite the pedigree there. There's also uh, an executive Do you know who wrote, I'm sorry, I'm very Mm -hmm. sorry. As I looked this up, I didn't mean to interrupt you other than my jaw just hit the ground. Do you know who wrote the first episode? Do tell me. Stephanie Meyer. Oh, I can explain that to you, but let me finish my EP and then I'll tell you about the Stephanie Meyer thing. Um, and then Stephen. Garrett- oh, sorry. She was she originally adapted it, but it has been changed. She didn't actually write the first episode. I'm sorry. This just blew my mind. All right, I keep going. And Stephen Garrett, who's known for Night Manager and Spooks, both great spy stories. All oh, right. solid. If if you have not watched the, either the Night Manager or Spooks, you should get on that right Absolutely. now. I think they're both on Prime, but they're great. So the Stephanie Meyer explanation, her production company was the one who acquired the script or acquired uh, okay. the rights originally, took it to Stars, got picked up uh, by Stars, and then when it came to the actual development of the show, there were creative differences, and the direction she wanted to take the, the story in is not really where they decided to go in the end. So even though she'd brought the show to the network, she's the one that left on good mm. terms, and uh, the two uh, showrunners uh, that I just mentioned were brought in instead uh, to carry out the uh, direction of the story that they chose. So um, for those of you that are okay. uh, negative about Stephanie Meyer, she's not a part of it anymore. Those of you that are positive, I'm sorry, she's not a part of it anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, our lead character is Miffany Thomas, um, played by Emma Greenwell. She Uh, basically at the beginning of the first episode also true of the book she wakes up um, and she is in a ring of dead bodies and she has no biographical memory she doesn't know who she is where she came from any of that and all she knows is that something really awful has happened Um, we meet um uh, a lot of different people in this story, but I want to pull out Linda. Her boss is played by Jolie Richardson. Uh, Monica is an American who comes in, um, uh, played by Olivia Munn. So oh, we love Olivia Munn. Yeah. She's great. 
so that centers around the Sheke, which is where Miffany Thomas works. It's basically a spy organization, kind of like MI5, but for people who have paranormal type abilities or they, they address incidents that happen in London of a paranormal nature. Yes, I like this. Um, they don't call them, you know, mutants or superheroes or anything like that. What people have in this world are EVAs, which stands for Extreme Variant Abilities. Um, okay. Uh-huh. And it's a very grounded world. It's this, you're, this is not Umbrella Academy. This is not, you know, Iron Man or any of that. This is a spy thriller type story with people who just happen to have abilities that inform what is going on there's a smuggling ring where people will um, essentially buy and sell evas that they capture as in people oh wow um yeah the um so so the world people don't like the world at large does not know about these abilities and stuff like that we're not in a like an alternate paranormal aware world yeah this is all super secret type stuff okay. there is a government minister are they trying to kind of keep it under wraps yes yes okay. at this point it's not as well, I don't want to go too deep in that direction. Um, for those of you who have not uh, read the book, just enjoy the show. There's a great dark tone to it, etc. If you have read the book, I do not recommend rereading it before you watch the show. It takes the general premise of Miffany waking up with in a ring of dead bodies with no idea how she got there and trying to discover her life and the mysteries. Like That is true. The world is still the world of the book. But the show is definitely its own creature. And so they took the premise. They are not adapting the book, really. The premise and the world they took. Gotcha. Yes. And there's some similarities, uh. like that you might recognize people and characters, but how they are in the in the show is enough different that don't set yourself up for disappointment there. Um, I also want to point out one really cool character in the show, which is only a mild spoiler. Um, because you find out early, very early on, this is true. There are four siblings who work for the Sheke, surname Gestalt. It's a hive mind character Oof. in using four bodies. Uh, That's cool. Three brothers and a sister, and it is fascinating. This is perhaps the most interesting character, not to rain on our lead uh, um, characters, but it's just a fascinating concept that you haven't seen everywhere. Well, isn't it, if I'm, if I'm reading this correctly, it's, so it's, it's four, they're quadruplets, right? Yes. And so one person plays two of the four. Yes. John Fletcher plays two of the four. So it's, it's actually three people playing four people, part of one character. Yes. Basically. That's cool. Okay. The, That's pretty sweet. <laughs> so there's, there's two identical twins and two fraternal yeah. twins. yeah, to make the quads. So yes. Oh, that's and, pretty cool. Um, in episode three, we get uh, a more personal look inside that char- this character's life. So down to like them getting ready in the morning for work. And you're just sitting there going, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, that, okay. Honestly, more than anything else, that kind of sold it for me in, a, in a, just an interesting way. That's a unique, you know, we have so many paranormal shows and paranormal spy shows even. Right. That's a unique way of dealing with it. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have cool things like if it's a hive mind, then you can be in four places at once. You don't need right. comms or anything else to oh. communicate. You can coordinate. Like all of these cool things are possible. And there's the question of if one of you has a crush on someone. Oh, do all four of you have that crush? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. fun. Okay. Yeah. 
That's cool. So hopefully I have set enough of the hook that all of you will go out there and, and watch it. James Darcy shows up in um, episode four. There's, there's lots of interesting faces uh, and names in here. But yes, so go watch. And, and um, there are eight episodes, by the way. Eight, there will eight. be eight. Okay. So yeah, and it, I think... We're halfway then. Yeah, August 18th, I think, is its last airing. Okay. Um, yeah, it looks it looks really great. And that's on Stars, you said, right? Correct. Okay. Awesome. Wow. Anything else? So that's everything I have for The Rook, unless you had any other questions. No, I'm, I am sufficiently intrigued. Good. Go watch it. <laughs> we can talk about it. I know, right? Oh, man. That's that's seriously intriguing. I wonder if we can get Chris into it, too, and then do a whole discussion on it. That'd be great. Why not? Because I've had to work very hard not to give you any spoilers, because this show, <laughs> you want it to evolve, because it means layer of layer of personal mystery and world mystery, yeah. and yeah, so... Oof. Okay, doke. Well, um, I also wanted to talk about Another Life, which um, just this past week dropped on netflix starring katie sackoff which i really want to watch that i haven't yet well she and her husband carl urban by the way have had a busy week i'm going to talk about the other side of that in just a minute but yeah they had a nice little opening weekend for the two of them Alrighty. well i'm sorry i'm going to disappoint you um oh is it not worth it i have watched the first episode only so i will allow that pilots can be rough but i did not like it oh really okay yeah Yeah, tell everybody the premise and then and then and then dash all of my hopes and dreams well when you put it like that now i'm feeling (laughs) gleeful um so she is the lead katie sackoff is the lead character in this show and um it speeds through at the beginning this alien artifact comes flying into our world and sort of crash lands no one knows what it is. It's almost like a rival in that respect, except there's one instead of many. And sure. she is an astronaut, and uh, she is put together with a crew to go fly to where they believe the artifact came from to make first contact, see what the deal is, you know, open a dialogue. Seems like a great sci-fi premise. Classic, except this is not really a sci-fi show. Yes, there's a setting on a ship. Yes, there's an alien artifact. But they don't lean into any of the sci-fi-ness of it. Or really? Not in the first They just episode. keep it like interpersonal drama and stuff, basically? Oh, drama is the right word and with an oh. eye-roll drama. Like so, soapy, soapy drama? So they put her on this ship. She's the only one who is like a grown-up. And I'm not even really referring to age, but sort of. Because they actually directly address the fact that her crew are all 20-somethings. But they look like 20-somethings that you scooped up at the mall who uh, have no sense of responsibility or dynamics or there's a mutiny just because someone feels like it. It Sorry, spoilers. Gross. It is such a childish setup with the rest of them that I really wanted her to vent them all at the airlock and I would happily watch her solo fly the rest of the way there. So, huh. yeah, okay. episode one was not good. Um, I will say somebody, a friend of mine did recommend the series to me. I don't know how much um, that she had watched. So it's possible, it's possible she had, you know, some of the stuff got fixed or that they're more forgiving. But I will say as, as I just uh, looked it up, it's got a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. So <laughs> I, I don't think that you are in the minority <laughs> on that I one. did a wow. little bit of looking because I think last I saw it was like a four point something on IMDb. And I'm like, all right, well, that means it's not all one star. So who right. liked it? 
and several people commented that you needed to get through the first few episodes for it to get any good. Okay. I don't know if I'll make it that far. I may try. Yeah. We shall see. But let me just tell everyone out there listening that if you want to try the series, start with your expectations super low and you might have a chance. Wow. That that bums me out because it did look like a good premise. It yeah. looked, like you said, the comparison to Arrival or even childhood en- uh, Childhood's End or the, or Colony. That's kind of what it looked like. Um mm-hmm. But I, so I didn't, I don't think I realized, maybe I just didn't see long enough in the preview. So they, somehow they have to go off world with this. It's not just the crash land of the, of the spaceship. They, they have, there's some mission to go off world. Right. I don't yep. think I realized that. She flies okay. away. Her husband and kid are back home. So you have all the nostalgia stuff. And, and Katie Sackhoff, she's an excellent actress. She's fine. Oh, she's great. It's just, which some reviewers that I read were like, well, everyone's expecting Battlestar Galactica. And I'm like, no, I just expected basic, competent writing and casting of everybody else. Yes. And the first episode just didn't get me there. So I okay. know that's harsh. And I know I'm a little more prone to being harsh than you or Chris are. But maybe you'll like it now that you've got your lowered expectations. Honestly, I'm fine with kind of hacking my brain a little bit and and uh, lowering expectations in, order, in hopes that something will be better. So I, I will check it out because it because honestly, I if not, I just love Katie Sackhoff. Like, I, yeah. I, does she do a good job? Like, is she at least competent in it? Or is yeah, it, she's fine in the first episode. She rises I mean, above the material. It's not her strongest role, but she's and it's her first lead role, too, in a show. True. She's, good point. She's fine in it. And. I really want to support female-led shows, especially yeah. in science fiction, because they're not as common as they should be. Yeah. So um, everybody out there who watches it, talk me into it. Give me a reason to keep going, please. Uh, I hope so. I'm, I was I was looking really quick to just see if there is anything. I, yeah, I see you know reviews saying a hodgepodge of science fiction homage, uh, things like that, rather than um, really, really strong stuff. Uh, oh, Selma Blair is in it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There is one, there is one fresh review. I know that we are not, you know, only going by Rotten Tomatoes here, but is only one fresh review, and it's a three out of five. It's barely even a, uh, a fresh review. It's a kind fresh review. It sounds like so. Uh, Maybe a Katie Sackhoff okay. fan. And which, hey, I, I like I said, I, I will still check it out for that, but sufficiently lowered expectations. I want her to jump on the Expanse bandwagon. I don't know who I want her to be yet, but I want her to be there, and just because. We love Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. So. That's <laughs> All right. Anything else from you? That's what I have for this week. What about you, Tyler? Well, I have a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's a few small things. So um, my, my I guess the first of the big ones, and this kind of just it dovetails nicely with uh, with another another life, right? Not another world. Another life, correct. Another life. Because isn't another world soap opera? I don't know. Maybe. Well, I know you and your stuff. Anyway. <laughs> maybe this is what I'm thinking of. Uh, okay. So I, did, I watched uh, and reviewed on Ready, Steady, Cut. So you can find my review there of uh, The Boys, which is a a really, really dark, uh, a really, really, really dark version of The Tick. Oh, that. Which is on Amazon Prime. Um, I will say it's better than. It's better than how I'm describing it there. The Boys is basically, it really asks the question, what if superheroes actually did walk our real world modern Earth? Okay. Um, and, and what would that look like? What would that be like? And, and I say that they really, they really tackle it in some, some interesting ways. Um, so it's, it's, 
superheroes have they, they have existed. They have been around for you know forever. Um, and it's an open. They secret are or it's not a secret at all. Oh, it's wide open. Yeah, they are around. They are corporate. In fact, that's the premise. They are corporate. Um, like this, and this is why I say it really does work that the superheroes are, uh, like why it's a a good a good take on superheroes. Now it's a new take. Super superheroes are full on corporate. Um, there is a, a company called the uh, called Vote International, V O U G H T International, that um is basically their PR reps and agents and they are mm. like making deals with with cities so like for example uh you know they're trying to make a deal with baltimore to 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 give them a resident superhero hey your crime numbers are up 65 percent. you need a resident superhero there 300 million dollars and we'll handle all the pr we'll send the guy there we'll set him up and it's going to be great for your city barely about the crime it's much more about pr so they're they making star- money off their powers totally and- to help with crime. So do they also pay for whenever they like wreck the city while fighting a villain? Okay. That would be the other premise. So one, so the big world premise, this is a super intriguing show. It really is intriguing. There are some flaws to it, but um, I gave it a four out of five on ready, steady cut. Um, it is a super, ha, super, get it. A super <laughs> intriguing premise. Um, because so the world is like that. It, it, the uh, superheroes are also movie stars. They star in their own movies. They are they go on patrols and they're followed by like YouTubers and stuff. And they track their data and their they they do polling data and stuff like that. Okay. Um, like I have to ask, how yeah. white and male is it? Uh, so I'll I'll I will get to that. Okay. Um. Uh. Not. Um, it is, it is not, but it also is. So it, but there's a point to that. I think, I actually think that they are making a point with their very white male-ish because there's also some very white male privilege stuff that goes into it. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So the, um, so that's their world. They, they basically kind of, uh, um, run the world. They're trying to get into the private military game too. That's their next deal. They're trying to make this Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. That's that. And that's the reaction that you kind of should have with all this. Um, so then on the ground floor, the ground level of it, you know, what are the petty humans up to? Um, uh, we've got one guy, his name is, is Huey Campbell and he's played by Jack Quaid. Um, and right. This is, this is first five minutes. So, so I light spoilers, but it's really, if you watch the trailer, you'll see it. Um, his girlfriend is run over by their version of the flash. His name is a train <laughs> and I'm talking explodes in a cloud of blood and gore and viscera. Like a, his name is a train. He runs so fast through her that he accidentally swallows one of her molars. Like it's oh. super gross. It's super gross. Um, You're smiling so, as you say that. <laughs> yes. Well, because Spoiler. it's, it's, strangely beautifully shot like i have to say this is a seth rogan and evan goldberg and eric kripke produced show it looks better than a lot of superhero movies um it's it is beautifully shot um it's like that scene where she explodes is like freeze frame slow motion for a second there and then uh and then a train like stops and looks back and apologizes and runs off so where you got the question that you just asked was you know what happens when they have damage what happens when they when they blow stuff up um 
That's actually the other, like, seriously good premise of this show is, okay, real-world superheroes blow stuff up. Stuff happens. They have made deals with the government. They're like cops. And this is a line from the from the show. They're like cops that can't pe- be prosecuted while on duty. Mm. And so, but That's they dangerous. also... They also do payoffs and sign uh, have people sign NDAs, and so he uh, is is offered a forty five thousand dollar payoff for his dead girlfriend um, as long as he signs an NDA and doesn't doesn't make a big you know PR stink about this it. Feels like an organized crime show now. It okay, so that's our next bit, and I won't, so I won't get further like into details on this other than we find out that you know behind this golden boy exterior of so the seven is their avengers the seven and it's it's uh mostly guys Mm -hmm. and mostly white guys there is one black guy who's on the uh on there yeah but he doesn't have a face like he is he's masked the entire time and so i think and he doesn't talk and so Mm -hmm. i think it's very very interesting the point that they're trying to make there's a wonder woman-ish character who doesn't get much screen time there's a new girl who is trying to audition this is all premise stuff by the way this is these are not spoilers these are like first five minutes of the show they pack a lot in there's a new girl who's just auditioned to be a part of the seven and it's a full PR process. And she is come on to by one of the, one of the superheroes in a pretty messed up way. Like, Hey, if you want to really advance in your career, you'll do this. And, and it's, it's such interesting commentary on, you know, in our, in our post me too world, in our, um, in, in our superhero saturated world, and very, you know, corporate critical world, we are, this show, I think, is is hitting on all cylinders in a bunch of different directions. So it's almost the, uh, the other side of the coin with the Rook, because with the Rook, we have women figuring out power or with powers and being empowered. And here we have mm-hmm. um, what you're describing, the side of the world that's more like what we live in, where... yes all the abuses and problems and oh absolutely and so what we get is is huey campbell partners up with carl urban uh <laughs> who plays uh billy butcher is his name can i just call plays, him right oh i know oh and he's okay carl urban is having more fun in this role than i've seen him have in a long time and he is just delighted like he is determined so the, the the boys the titular boys are a group of people who are trying to take down the um the superheroes mm-hmm. and carl urban is is i wouldn't say their head but he's more like their their front man and is just he is just ready to take them down in whatever way he can and he is so he's george he picard beats, from the a-team yes but foul-mouthed and like I dirty <laughs> like it's just uh it, so I will say as as high of a recommendation as I'm giving this show I want to be very clear it is very gory very gory like the the least gory part would be the girl exploding in um in a cloud of blood oh, wow. um, yeah, like it's it's really messed up um, so it's dark it's gory is it over yeah. the top and that so that's my criticism for it um is I think that all for all of its really good commentary that it is making on lots of aspects of today's society, um, it actually falls into its own trap. I think a few times. Mm-hmm. I think it is it's falling into its own trap of, of, um, of hypersexuality. Um, and uh, it's it's. Oh, the thing I will also say it had the biggest 
disclaimer at the beginning that I have ever seen, what? and that is including Game of Thrones. Let me read this to you. I posted this. You can look on my. I'll post post the article in our show notes. Uh, but you can look. I put a screenshot of the uh, um, of the disclaimer at the beginning. It had. Uh, so you know it says like TVMA, and then it'll have the like what makes it that right. Mm-hmm. Um, adult content, graphic language, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, rape. And I was like, this is the first episode, and I was like, um, what am I, what am I about to watch? Because I think yeah. like. Yeah. And so I will say it is that disclaimer, speaking of high expectations, not high expectations, but high, high things that it's trying to set up. Like it, I will say the show didn't, didn't as fully meet those expectations in a good way. I'm, I appreciate that I did not see a rape on screen. However, we, it's more that we know that one happened. Um, and so there was, so anyway, it was just that I will say that disclaimer is not messing around. Um, especially in terms of the graphic language and graphic violence. Um, but they fall into their own trap of, you know, with some of the sexual content that I Mm -hmm. just, I was like, guys, this is not necessary. That was only the pilot. They have episode two. Didn't get into that very much, um, at all. It was, it was definitely violent and things, but, um, but it was kind of like, Kind of the pilot syndrome of we're going to be super shocking right off the bat, what network and then they is pull this? back from it. Uh, this is on Amazon Prime. Prime, okay. It's a Prime series. Yep. Interesting. Wow. So. Okay, so um, you said Curler Urban. Are there any other casting? Um, let's see. The big ones. Oh, Elizabeth Shue is the uh, mm. which is great to see her back. I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, she's kind of the one running this organization. At least she's the the head that we see, the face that we see more often. She's there of the there. boys or of the seven of uh, vote the vote international, vote. which is the organization behind the seven. Um, so she's the one, you know, marketing them off to to other people. So there's also that interesting part where these guys are super corrupt, but they're also they're also being managed by this other organization. So where does the corruption come from? There are some other mysteries uh, that that are being, yeah, it's, it's, I love it. I I really, really liked it, but it is not for the faint of the faint stomached. I think so. Already noted. Wow. I had no Uh, idea this was even out there. mm -hmm, Yeah. Just, I, and honestly, I didn't know much about it. I signed up to, to review it for ready, steady cut and then saw that disclaimer and went, uh, what did I sign up for here? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So the, the next thing, and this is just a quick mention, uh, The Witcher. The mm. Witcher is a, a series that's coming out in, in late 2019, it looks like. Um, we didn't get a date at Comic-Con for it, although we did get a trailer at Comic-Con. Um, and it is definitely the first in the wave of, um, you know, we want to be Game of Thrones shows. You know, after well, Lost, we got all of the we want to be Lost shows. Now we get the we want to be game of thrones shows to be fair though the witcher is an old property that's been trying to you know very much so yeah trying to hit our yeah. screens for quite some time it's actually yep, it, a translation from the polish um it's a yeah, video game but there's a series of books yeah and they're adept they're adapting the books the books are by andrzej sokowski um and he uh it is a I just read the first one, so I haven't read more than that i loved it it's actually a collection of short stories mm, um I didn't it's know that. it's yeah, and it's just called it's inter- introducing the Witcher, and it's in a a really very dark uh, kind of medieval world. But like all of the creatures you've ever thought of—werewolves, vampires, 
unnameable things, gin, like everything around are, they are real and people know about them. And a witcher is kind of a monster hunter that, that kind of a, um, like a Ronin a little bit. He is, he is wandering. What? Or a blade runner. Or a blade, a little bit. There you go. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's he's kind of wandering the countryside. Speaking of Carl Urban, more than Henry Cavill, Carl Urban should have been the Mm. Witcher, I think. But yes, Henry Henry Cavill Cavill is a prettier person. uh, Is a huge fan of the Witcher, husband for many years, volunteered himself for the role. I think it was like three different times he was told, nope, you're not right for it. Nope, you're not right for it. Well, in the most recent issue of Entertainment Weekly, they have him now in the lead role, and there is uh, a photo of him in that. I'm just sitting there looking at it going, oh, okay, well, we'll see, we'll see. I will say, even though I, I knew the casting when I was reading the book, I did not picture Henry Cavill. Yeah. So I, I, I see what they mean. Not seeing pictures of him, you know, as the Witcher, I do see, I can see it. Um, but now that I'm thinking of it, it kind of was an Aomer or like a super dark Aragorn, you know, kind of what's, what's in my head a little bit um, with the, with the long white gray hair mm-hmm. is, um, is kind of his, uh, the aesthetic there. It, like I said, so the the beginning was short story, so I didn't get anything, any sense of arc or uh, anything like that. It was very much an introduction to the world. Uh, but the first book is called The Last Wish. It is very good, very accessible. Um, there's some, there is some sex, not much, it is nowhere near Game of Thrones, although I would suspect that Netflix will amp that up and maybe the books go there later on too. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I will say it's, it is, it's just it's really good fantasy. It just is. It's very good fantasy. It's just highly unusual for. Or wait, did the video came come first or the books? I thought. I think the video game books wrote. came first. Oh, did they? Okay, I had that backwards. No, books came first. Yeah, or at least the short stories came first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like they actually are from the late '80s, from what I know. And then yeah. the books came out in the '90s, and and I think he just wrote one five years ago. I think that was his last one, five or six years ago. Okay. So we'll see. I think I had yeah. the other way around my head because it's not often that video games have good book adaptations but okay cool well we'll see where it goes i've been keeping my eye on the property for a while because i've heard so many amazing things about it but i still haven't read uh any of the books yet yeah they were um i I know the audiobooks are out there as well uh the but the i read it on ebook um from the library everybody should look at the library overdrive is uh is a really great resource that most of your libraries should have um and uh it, it was really great i i plowed through it pretty quickly they're fast reads um, he's, it's a very, he's a very visual writer. It, it mm. is not hard to, to imagine what he's talking about. It's great. Cool. Uh, the last thing, and this is just because I think it is our, it is nice and sci-fi adjacent, um, is I watched, I just went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm. which is fantastic. And, and Kate, I know that you are a gigantic Quentin Tarantino fan. <laughs> he's your favorite filmmaker of all time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you adorable <laughs> right <laughs> so tell me how over the top is this one honestly it's he's not it's it's not it is a it is downright reserved and pensive for quentin tarantino so it is by far his most like give me a measurement mark on the waterline for that because his okay reserve... so you remember how i was just describing the boys uh-huh. <clears throat> okay so like if if the boys is like Pulp Fiction. Like that's, that's his highest where we've got like exploding heads and craziness and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. That's his highest. I would honestly, um, I would put this, Ooh, I'm I'm trying to think of it, even a a good comparison here. I would, um, 
shoot. I would I would say that this is like atonement <laughs> or something like that by I by Ian McEwan. Like it is now that's not even that's maybe not even that fair because it's such a different movie. But in in terms of pensive and pensiveness and reflection, mm-hmm. um, the whole film is about a transition in life. Um, it's about these two former you know, um, major Hollywood stars. Um, one guy who still has the name recognition, but he's kind of washed up. Was so it, Leonardo it DiCaprio. an actor and his stuntman is what I thought? Yes, it's an actor okay. and his stuntman. And so their their fates are sort of tied together, right? Because right. the stuntman has a job because of this other guy. Uh, so Leonardo DiCaprio is the actor. And I, I would compare him to um, like Matt Dillon from Gunsmoke. Mm. Like he was that, like that was his, he had a long running TV series. He was the Western guy, but he really wants to be a real actor. So he stopped being in, in TV shows and that killed his career. Mm. Um, and uh, so it's, it's a lot about that self-reflection, you know, where am I going with my life? What am I trying to do? But it's also a love letter to Hollywood. It's set in the sixties, the late sixties. Um, lots of looking back on, on the beauty and the glitz and the glamor and the neon that is Hollywood while also kind of looking at, Oh, things are turning a bit differently and a bit darker. Um, for those of you who don't know the story, also it's it is adjacent to the Manson murders of, of Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, that Leonardo DiCaprio's character lives next door to her, um, and so we we do get that. But I will say they don't handle it in the way that you would expect. Um, they, I don't want to give anything away at all. Uh, but it is um, Quentin Tarantino could go Pulp Fiction with this thing, and just blood and guts and gore all over the place the entire movie. Um, and he is incredibly reserved and measured and nuanced. Does it stray into emotional. thoughtful territory? Yes, it does. Ish. It does. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, I mean, it does. It could. It could probably be more. But for Quentin Tarantino, like I said, for for him, it is like it doesn't have the long sprawling pointless dialogue like it has these beautiful dialogue scenes but they are so focused and they are so character driven it is surprising um so if if you're thinking kill bill you know blood spattering everywhere Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff it there there is a there is one scene that is quentin tarantino over the top but i would even say that scene is reserved for him uh it's it is it's an incredibly good movie you're giving me my first hopes for him as a yes. director of the next um, um, certain <clears throat> famous geek property film. Shall- oh, Star Wars. Yeah, right. He's he's going to direct a new Star Wars film. Is that right? <sighs> yes. Okay. I was trying to avoid going down the Star Wars rabbit hole. But <laughs> uh, but actually, so we've, we've mentioned this briefly on the podcast. It, it has been almost now long rumored, at least a year, we've had the rumor that Quentin Tarantino is wanting to write and direct a Star Trek, which, by the way, would make it his 10th and Star final Wars film. And Star Trek both, so I think you need to... I was, sorry, I was joking about Star Wars, and I actually truly, now this is me being serious, he actually is okay. uh, wanting to write Star Trek. Um, and interestingly, I suspect this is what truly brought Patrick Stewart back to the table, by the way. I, I don't think I've said this on Tarantino? here on the podcast. Yes, I truly think that, that Tarantino is what brought Patrick Stewart back to considering it because That's about a, a year ago. No, and here's here's my argument. About a year, a year and a half ago, Quentin Tarantino said, "I want to, I want to direct Star Trek. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hardcore. It's gonna be character driven. It's gonna be rated R, um, which I have a problem with." Um, and almost immediately, Patrick Stewart um, tweeted and said, "I'd do that." 
if you, if Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino directs it, I'll do it. And uh, hmm. and so then, not long after, we get Patrick Stewart making this announcement that uh, that he's going to be returning to Star Trek. So I I would say Tarantino, whether he comes through with this um, show or not, this movie or not, I think he's the impetus for. We can thank Quentin for Picard coming back. You can thank Quentin. I am not <laughs> sold. I think there were things already being sorted out, and part of uh, Sir Pat Stew's whole thing—the marketing different strategy. Well, there's marketing, but there's the whole he doesn't want to retell TNG. He wants to tell something new and different, and really dig in with it. And I think Tarantino's just another version of him saying, "Yeah, I want to go grittier about things." I don't think Tarantino was was in any way a linchpin on his decision. Oh nope, I've it, my head cannon. It's it's Tarantino. He did it. It's his it's his thing. Yeah, you and your <laughs> love affairs. Okay. Well, I know. I know. I will leave you in your your happy place there. But if if this if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is proof that he can um, make a less Tarantino film in terms of what he's historically known for it makes him think more thoughtful that's probably the first hope i have had for him in a trek universe yeah and i would really say you know it's i'm re-watching i'm already working on a piece of you know for ready steady cut talking about his entire filmography i haven't decided if it's going to be a ranking of his movies or what but i'm working on on something right now and so i just watched jackie brown for the first time i've never seen that one of his it's his, one of his least known movies i think it's his third um, just following up Pulp Fiction, that one is a big precursor, I would say, to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It, tonally, it is a there's like I think I think one gun going off um, in the movie. Like it, it's it's not excessively gory. There's a commercial with guns on it that they're talking about at the beginning, so it's, he still gets his guns in Quentin Tarantino. But but it is it's a pensive movie about a woman, um, Pam Greer, uh, who gets caught up in. Um, in in money running and money laundering kind of and it's it is it's kind of a beautiful movie it's actually really it's it's stuck with me after I've seen it so are you getting uh, he, emotional if, if, there I'm just checking cause you, yeah wow am I just wow. a little tear here it's, impressive yeah. okay yeah <laughs> so it's it's yeah. around anyway alrighty I th- I think uh, I think I have I have certainly uh, <laughs> gone on for quite a bit in this episode anything else you want to talk about Kate I think it's time we wrap it up. All right, take us home. Alrighty. So everyone, you can find us at Geek Card Check on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, reach out and uh, let me know why I should keep watching Another Life. Um, if you have seen The Rook or The Boys, we'd like to hear from you about that. If you are a fan of The Witcher, let us know your thoughts there as well and what you think about Henry Cavill's casting. But um, for now, um, we'll say so long and thanks for all the fish. Thank you.